Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, May 20th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, you are lucky Hi. you're getting anything from me today. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I can say the same to you literally any day about day. me, but you at least have a good reason. Yes, I'm looking to my left right now and I can see the Atlantic Ocean. I am within like like driver driver uh, of the Atlantic Ocean right now. Um, so I'm s- sitting here in my aunt and uncle's timeshare they had to go back to st louis they are college professors they had to go back for graduation they let me have the the Ah. timeshare for the rest of the week so i am here working in the timeshare counting down the seconds until i can go to the atlantic ocean uh and the beach so i'm looking out my left uh and i'm seeing (laughs) a brick apartment building and a giant exhaust pipe so that's yeah we shared we shared uh we exchanged pictures of our of our views earlier (laughs) Very pleasant. <laughs> yeah, I, same exact view. Honestly, yeah, I thought totally. you were in the condo next to me. But I am surprised. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yes. So everybody, um, we are here coming to you for the final time on today on Broadway this week. We of course will have things coming to you over the weekend. So head over to Patreon.com/slash Broadway Radio, BroadwayRadio.com/slash Patreon to make sure that you get all of that. We do want to start today's episode with some news of the disappointing but perhaps encouraging variety because the unfortunate side of this news is that the award-winning and probably even more award-winning in the future uh, Oratorio for Living Things mm-hmm. has canceled the remaining performances on its off-Broadway Ars Nova run. As we know, I was supposed to see the show when it had it yeah. had performances canceled because of COVID. Unfortunately, in a production that has 18 singers and instrumentalists working in close proximity, undoubtedly spinning things into the air. Um, COVID has kind of run rampant through the cast, so the show has decided to cancel the remaining run. However, in an email sent out to Ars Nova ticket buyers, myself included, Mm -hmm. they did very unsubtly tease that there will be more to come from this production in the very near future, and they encouraged folks to sign up for updates immediately when that happens. Ashley, in our group chat, you noted that the show had just kind of established its own social media accounts. Yeah, uh, as as of, I guess, this week or this month, which you would think if this was just a one-stop situation Mm -hmm. off-Broadway, they would have made these before. So, yeah. Yeah, so I... And fingers crossed, since I'm coming back up at the end of July, <laughs> yeah. hoping that they decide to do another um, off-Broadway run this summer so that I can finally see it. But if not, I think that this could very well be a show that plays some regional-type houses, you know, like going somewhere mm. like ART or Fifth Avenue in Seattle totally. or or Pasadena Playhouse, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think it could be a show that does a tour like that, not a big national tour where it's playing no, like The God, Fabulous no. Fox or The no. Orpheum or anything like mm. that. But either one, there's like three of them. Like there's the Atlanta Fox, there's the St. Louis Fox. I think there's one in Appleton, Wisconsin. No, that's Fox Cities. Either way, I think this is a show that very well could be um, coming back to New York in a more commercial run, which has happened a number of times for uh, for Ars Nova shows. But uh, very much looking forward to hopefully seeing this in whatever incarnation 
it comes back. I feel like it's a really hard one to stage, and obviously they couldn't do it in these larger venues. Uh, no. But I, I still think you could increase the size a little bit and still have it work. You'd have to maybe do, if you were to have like a traditional stage, you'd have to probably do onstage seating for that matter. But I still think that this has a lot of wiggle room for it. I, at this point, I'm just looking forward to some kind of audio release of it. I want to hear it again. I'm about to get good, good, good headphones, and I want like that same level of the surrounding nature that it was when I saw it. Yeah, that, that given the the way that that theater is constructed uh, and yeah. the way that they did the stadium seating like that would definitely be something you'd want in full surround sound. Most definitely. Speaking of off-Broadway hits that have had to cancel performances, the Public Theater on Thursday announced that they were canceling performances of Suffs through May 25th. The show already has uh, had to cancel a number of performances most recently earlier this week on the 14th and 15th. Um, and what's bad about this Cursed. actually is that the show is currently set to close on the 29th so they're gonna come back and only have a limited number of performances i don't know if they're gonna be able to get everybody in or if they're gonna have to cancel it however fortunately uh much like oratorio for living things i think that there will be a future life for Mm -hmm. suffs um i don't think it'll be the same type of a future life as oratorio as i think that their show is probably predestined to be coming to broadway after some sort of retooling after the middling to mixed positive reviews that it had at the public theater Um, you and i both saw it both I think really enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, my my thought was is that I don't remember much about it after having seen it, which is not always a good thing, but I enjoyed mm, the hell out of it while yeah. I saw it. Um, there are very specific things about it that stand out to me, especially Grace McLean, who I thought was Tony. absolutely she'll, she'll, yeah. She'll at least get a nomination, if not win a Tony for when this finally comes to Broadway. Questionable and well deserved too. Uh, there, but there's a lot in the middle that I certainly do not remember, and I think a lot of it, um, and I don't know if you'll agree, has to do with the repetitive nature of a lot of it. And also, I think it's a little too long. It definitely needs some trimming. It does. It, it, to me, it's just I don't know if repetitive is the word that I would use, although mm. there is that. To me, it's just all kind of sounds the same. Um, Ooh, you know, yeah. it's it's interesting, but it, it's it's a lot of the same. And you know, it's a little reductive to continually compare this to Hamilton, but I don't think you can oh, avoid yeah. those no, comparisons. Totally. But where Hamilton kept you going in a mostly sung through show about you know early American history, this uh, by by varying the styles. I don't yeah, think Suss does that nearly as well. It's not as long and not as dense, um, and obviously not as old. Yeah, but it, Hamilton it doesn't is, do that. So Hamilton is full speed ahead. Where Suffs, I mean, you have the recapitulation throughout the show that makes it feel like you're kind of going back and forth, even though mm-hmm. you are still traveling in a linear way. For the but, most part, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, I I obviously loved it, and I really hope it gets the transfer, and I really hope it gets those edits that it deserves, and therefore a longer life than what it's kind of getting here off-Broadway with all these cancellations. Yeah, I mean, it did officially begin performances in like mid-March, so I think March 13th, so it's been running for a while. That's really long for an off-Broadway musical, but... Um, it's had like s- at, at least multiple stops. Uh, multiple stops. I think at least three at this point, yeah. Yeah. Well, sticking off-Broadway, here's some good news off-Broadway. In one of the most jam-packed seasons uh, that we have seen in a long time, on Thursday, Signature Theater announces 2022-2023 season from resident playwrights. So I don't know if there will be other things added in, but from their resident playwrights, they have announced their shows. Here are the resident playwrights that will be included in the season. 
Kiara Alegria Hooties, Samuel D. Hunter, Sarah Rule, and Brandon Jacobs Jenkins. Like, not too what bad. An absolutely murderer's row of playwrights. Yeah. Um, let's run through uh, the shows that were announced. These are all dates to be announced. We don't exactly know when, but we do know that in the fall, Kiara Alegria Hooties will be writing and directing the world premiere of the stage adaptation of her own novel, yeah. My Broken Language. Um, or it might be more of a memoir, but book, the book that she she wrote uh, it's a memoir um about her own life that she released last year my broken language that'll be coming in the fall then we will have a bright new boise which fits perfectly in the samuel d hunter um uh, oeuvre uh, that'll be coming in the winter directed by oliver butler um, then also in the winter, Sarah Rule's Letters from Max, directed by Kate Wariski, will be coming as well. And then in the spring, uh, Brandon Jacobs Jenkins will write and direct the world premiere of Grass. So very interesting that not only do we have these great playwrights, but two of them are directing their own works. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, very cool. I, I think that um, – I, I don't even, this is like a, a kind of a comical group of playwrights to be in the same season at one off Broadway theater because <laughs> these literally are the best of the best. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I, I'm always really impressed by signatures seasons okay. of any kind. This is no exception. I mean, all of these playwrights either have something going on right now, especially, especially Samuel D. Hunter, um, or have, you know, one Pulitzer has been putting on work for years. I've been really excited. Mm-hmm. I still haven't gotten to read Hootie's, uh, My Broken Language, and I really want yeah, to. I mean, so this it's is, on my bookshelf. yeah, I'll see. There you go. This is kind of the impetus that I needed for it, most definitely, to get to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, so let's go over to the West Coast. And this is coming in just as we're recording, and I mentioned it at the top of the show. So I'm going to be reading from the press release. Um, So if you have more questions, let me know. But on Thursday, (laughs) the Pasadena Playhouse announced their 2023 or 2022-2023 season that will be built around a six-month-long celebration of the works and impact of Stephen Sondheim. Um, they will continue their mission of creating notable revivals of American musicals by centering around two full productions, Sunday in the Park with George and a little night music, which will also nice. commemorate the latter show's 50th anniversary. The grand mm-hmm. finale will be a special concert uh, by Sondheim Muse Bernadette Peters. Um, additionally, uh-huh. in a landmark partnership, you've heard of her, the yeah, Playhouse – <laughs> The Playhouse is working with uh, high schools of Pasadena Unified School District to present a production of Into the Woods with students collaborating with theater professionals and creating their own special production. In addition, the season will be rounded out with two Los Angeles premieres, Sanctuary City by Martina Mayuk and Stew by Zora Howard. Yeah, great shows that have recently had much acclaimed runs in New York City. So um, we will have information, uh, further details about these shows. Uh, Sunday in the Park will start on February 14th. Night Music will start on April 15th. And the Bernadette Peters concert will run two nights in June. But we'll have all of those details in the show notes. Um, My prediction for Mm. 2022, back when we did predictions, Ashley, was that we would have... um, versions of every single Sondheim show announced. Yeah. Uh, I think I said in New York, that's clearly not going to happen. Um, I mean, there's, there's still time and we've got a lot months. coming that we know. Yeah, we got we got two that I know will be announced 
somewhat soon. We already got the Merrily announcement. So um, we're getting there. It's the Saturday night one that I think might hang me up. I I feel like that's going to be a difficult one. I feel like uh, maybe frogs. I feel like frogs is easier to do than Saturday night at this point. There's a pool. Yeah. Any questions? Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we'll get a concert of... Either of those, like an yeah, off-center situation at this that's point. That's what I kind of thought. Maybe we'd get like an off-center or um, maybe the um, the J2 uh, group from yeah. uh, Rob Schneider might do um, a Sondheim season or maybe even like musicals in Mufti or something like that. Uh, I, maybe. I figured that's where we'd get something like – uh, like frogs and and Saturday night. Yeah, I mean we've gotten like one off concerts of some shows so far. We had yeah. uh, anyone can whistle, and then there was a little night music that just happened at Symphony Space. So there's plenty of opportunities for like large yeah. cast single night concerts if nothing I'm else, if not those. full runs. Yeah, no, De- definitely. Especially when you've got like stars that were in both of those. I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm counting those. Okay, moving on to another little bit of news, which is exciting. Um, the six original Broadway cast recording six colon live on opening night debuted at number one on the Billboard cast album yeah. chart. It has been streamed over three and a half million times, at least a quarter uh, of a million times of those were me. So um, (laughs) I very much can confirm that this album banks. I haven't listened to it yet, actually. I haven't gotten to it. I've been listening to the five release tracks from A Strange Loot, basically, on repetition. Basically just Inner White Girl on repeat every second of my day. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, Okay, one other thing that I want to kind of talk about here real quick, because I I know you tweeted about this. Um, (laughs) The New York Times... Theater critic Jesse Green released his who will win and who should win list for the 2022 Tony Awards. They do these every year. I was a little – and maybe it's just my memory. In the past, I feel like him and Brantley did these together. So I don't know if maybe they're doing them separately, but Maya Phillips isn't included in this article. So maybe she'll have her own. Maybe that's how they've done it in the past, like staggered them on separate ones. But I feel like it was a big one where it was Green and Brantley and then a couple of the other theater writers. But I don't remember. I don't think they did them separately. Maybe they have Hmm. in recent years. Who's to say? I'm not sure, but here's the, some of the things that I wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> one is some of Brantley or some of Green's, um, odd should win things, which we'll talk about. Dude. But, but some of the will wins, I'm a little surprised by who he thinks will win in some of these categories. So I just want to go through some of the biggies. Um, for best play, he has, uh, the Lehman trilogy will win. I think that that's probably. Uh, accurate. Yeah. I think that will win. Um, he has should win Skeleton Crew, which I think is a very fine thing. That's something that we talked about, the fact that that's one of the shows that we were surprised that didn't get as much love that and Passover and Dana H and Is This a Room not even getting included. Mm-hmm. I'm, fi- I'm fine with those selections. Getting into Best Musical, he has Will Win, A Strange Loop. I, I think that I agree. Correct. Will Win. He has should win his girl from the North Country. This is batshit. This is utter <laughs> chaos. This is, this is what you tweeted about. <laughs> this is, yeah. There is no, and it retweeted, or quote tweeted from Christian Lewis, who had initially tweeted about it. Absolute 
like I don't I I don't care if you prefer one show to the other like preference is one thing but to be like this show should win when every sign on earth points to Strange Loop as being the better show well and and here's Bananas. the thing like- and this is not to disparage Girl from the North Country despite how I no. personally feel about it and I think there's a lot of good in that show but come totally. on well, and here's the, and here's what I wanted to talk about. There's obviously, like you mentioned, there's personal preference, and I can I, I talked about it. Like there were things in a strange loop that I just didn't get because sure. it's not straight white man, exactly white man. Yes, so um, I, there were things that I didn't get, um, and I enjoyed Girl from the North Country far more than you did. Of the new musicals yeah. that I saw that were eligible this season, this was probably. Third, I guess, for me, mm-hmm. um, behind a strange loop and six, and I can, I would probably put six as the one that I enjoyed more sure. than a strange loop. But I don't know how you can watch a strange loop and not appreciate the craft that went into Absolutely. that. Absolutely, the the emotional heft that that show brings. Um, so to me, it, it's always <laughs> interesting when you start looking at what should win versus what will yeah. win versus what you want to win. Yeah. As and, and it kind of goes in that same conversation that we always talk about about best play mm-hmm. is was Harry Potter and the Cursed Child the best written show? No. no. But it was the whole totality of the show. So when you have Absolutely. best musical, when you break things down, what do you judge the should win on? Is it just on what you like more or is it the most well-crafted show? And that really kind of threw me for a loop when reading through Green's picks. Yeah. It threw me through a very strange loop. <laughs> um, the other it thing that kind bizarre. of- bizarre. Just, uh, yeah. I, 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 you know, just to- bounce off of that. I don't know how you make, like, I can kind of understand how someone who is not in the industry would make that. When you are the lead critic for the New York Times making that argument, I, I don't know where we are at. I mean, I think I know where we're at. I know where we're at, but that's the problem. problem. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I looked it up in the past years, Brantley and Green did their picks together as a piece. Yeah. 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 Um, so hopefully Maya gets hers out there because I'd be interested in those. God, I hope so. So real quick, another one that was a little bit of a surprise in a different way was the best play revival. He has will win and should win is Trouble in Mind. I said on a different mm. podcast, um, I thought Trouble in Mind would be my pick for this uh, for this category. Uh, but I am shocked that he thinks that that is what will win. That's I surprising just kind to of, me. Yeah, I kind of just assumed that this was going to be um, How I Learned to Drive or uh, take me out as mm. as maybe the the second place here. I would love Trouble in Mind because I thought that that was a brilliant show, which it. I talked about on this show. Absolutely, but I thought kind of out of sight, out of mind. Things that are closed um, often don't get that much love. So I'm surprised that Jesse Green and all of his infinite wisdom thinks that Trouble <laughs> in Mind will be the show to win. And also didn't really get the attention it deserved when it was mm-hmm. on stage. And we, you and I both share the same opinion about it that I thought it was great. I loved it. I wish it got more attention and even a longer run uh, and more accolades yeah. for that matter. But yeah, I absolutely expect How I Learned to Drive or Take Me Out to kind of be the front runner here. And it's surprising to see. I mean, it is, it's personally and preferentially a correct opinion, but again, critically. And I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know where, where it's, it's coming, coming from. from. Absolutely. Similarly, best actor in a musical. He thinks that Miles Frost will win for MJ as, as opposed to Jaquel Spivey, who he thinks should win for A Strange Loop. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I guess, is probably the cynical look at 
the oh the people from out of town are going to vote for Miles. I don't Maybe. think that's true. I, I, I don't think, think so either. Um, but the rest of them are are fairly straightforward. You can argue over the who he thinks will win or should win, despite uh, spelling names wrong. Well, that's more on the editor uh, well, than him. True, but, true, but also, you know. But also, um, best director of a musical. He does think that Connor McPherson should win for Girl from the North Country over Marion Elliott. So mm. I'm not, I'm not here for for that. But <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know about that either. But, mm. Yeah, the last thing that I'm going to talk about today is a feel good recommendation, and this comes from the always wonderful Kelly Clarkson television show. Um, oh, yeah, I saw this. If you aren't, if you don't, I don't watch daytime television no. um, other than General Hospital, of course. Of course. But I, I will live and die by the Kelly Oki segments that she does <laughs> or when she competes with uh, Anne Hathaway and like a name that tune type thing. But on yesterday's show, apparently she had a very Broadway-centered show. Not only did she interview... Um, uh, what is it? Uh, Barlow and Bear from yep. the uh, uh, the Bridgerton uh, musical. She mm-hmm. also brought on new Broadway alphabet Talia Suskauer and her vocal coach Craig Witch. Oh my god, that an- they original went- video made me cry yes. so much when she told her teacher. Yeah, so they went viral. Talia, as you probably all know, has been the Alphaba on tour before and after the pandemic. She got the call, like most tour Alphabas do, to go to Broadway, and she went into her voice teacher's studio and told him, and they, of course, hugged and cried, and he said, I told you when you were 12 this would happen and all that stuff. It was very sweet. Mm-hmm. It went viral. So Kelly, of course, wanted to talk to them about this. She brings them out. They start talking, um, and – Vocal coach Craig, he goes like deep on like the, the, uh, the, the, the vocal mechanics of kind of singing like this. And I was like, okay, dude, you are speaking to the wrong audience here. <laughs> but <laughs> as a surprise, Kelly said that there was somebody else that wanted, that saw the video and wanted to meet Talia. Uh, and she then brought out Adina Menzel. Yeah, and of course, course Talia went crazy yeah. and holding um, back tears, trying to like dry her tears or make yes. it didn't get messed up. Yeah, and like almost sitting on Kelly Clarkson's lap, she was so excited. Yeah. It was lovely and sweet, and Adina was um, so generous about the whole thing. And so uh, if you haven't watched this, it's like a six, seven-minute video uh, through the whole thing. I, I highly recommend that. Talia is a uh, a Florida girl. Her best friend is somebody that I know uh, from having covered her in shows down here. Ah. So uh, so very fun to see all of this and uh, very excited to see the new Elphaba on Broadway. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody. That's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, hopefully nowhere because I'm going to be in the ocean here in about 10 <sighs> God, minutes. Uh, but if you want to, you can follow along. I'll post some pictures. You can do oh, that good. at BWWMatt. Ashley, where can people find you? You will not find me at the ocean because I live in a hellscape of a city where the ocean is like eight miles away and therefore two hours by train. But you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I know this is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend and we'll be back to talk to you on Monday. 